Hey guys, it's time for another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to the latest and greatest edition of my podcast. Uh, I am talking to you. It's Sunday evening, which means uh, I have to be slightly quiet because uh, my wife is in the next room watching The Good Wife. And um, this is a sacred time for her. So I can't disturb her. So I'm going to keep it relatively quiet. Uh, So between you and me, here's what you need to know. Uh, This week's episode is uh, one of the best working young actors today, and also one of the most candid. Um, Miles Teller is awesome in his new film, Whiplash, which we talk about a bit in this. You're going to be hearing a lot about this. It opens October 10th. Uh, I would presume it's going to spread around the country uh, and get into the awards hunt because it is a terrific piece of art that debuted in Sundance last January. That's where I first saw it. And it's basically this crazy mano-a-mano psychological thriller um, between Miles' character and J.K. Simmons. It's a great piece of work, a great showpiece for both of them. It takes place in kind of the wor- world of like jazz drumming, which sounds bizarre, but uh, trust me, it's riveting, great performances, uh, a great young filmmaker behind it. I can't uh, uh, endorse it enough. Go see Whiplash. Uh, but in the meantime, listen to this great conversation with Miles. Uh, Miles, as you probably know by now, is... Um, he kind of came to the fore first in a movie called Rabbit Hole. You might have seen him in opposite Nicole Kidman. Uh, but then uh, in the last couple of years has really uh, come to the fore with roles in Spectacular Now and Divergent. And he is the lead in the new Fantastic Four film, which is a big, big comic book movie, obviously coming out next summer. Uh, and Miles and I uh, always have a good time. He is one of the most candid uh, actors working today and is always makes for a fun conversation and this one is no different uh so without any further ado as always guys uh before uh i launch into the podcast hit me up on twitter uh rate and review the show on itunes you know the drill spread the word uh and in the meantime enjoy this uh conversation with miles teller i I can go into the other room now i'm gonna see if she's still watching Uh, apparently the cops are coming for me too okay here's miles bye after I finished Spectacular Now, they gave me a list of like coming of age films I had to see. Sure. Where it was like the graduates say, say anything. anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's risky business. Yeah, sure. Risky business. I didn't know it was about a fucking. It's, it's pretty risque. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the shit. <laughs> it's um, so did you so did you watch the others? Did you watch Say Anything? Uh, I watched Say Anything. That does not hold up. No. No. Aww. The dad is like laying in the bathtub with this weird synthesizer mood music because he's contemplating suicide because all the bills and he can't pay them and he's that's like hovering. Sub, that's subplot. And it's this weird push in. <laughs> that's just like, but no. But Cusack's acting style. I mean that that holds up. Of course. He's just you know supernatural and stuff. Yeah. But the movie, I was like, I think even at the time, honestly, I remember the subplot of the dad and the embezzling and everything felt a little weird. off. Okay. We yeah. didn't need that in there. Yeah. We're off and running, Miles. It's happening. Do you feel right. it? Do you feel the energy in the air? No, I'm just looking into your eyes. The there's, there's no energy the in whole, there. The whole room disappears after that. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's, that's saying a lot because there's a lot in this room I know, to I'm suck in. I know, I'm not aware of all of it. <laughs> um, it's always good to see you, my friend. It's good to see you. Thanks for seeing me on Rosh Hashanah. I know that's like... Well, a, you, know, this is, this, you know, this is the only way to celebrate a Jewish holiday right. is to talk about a uh, great um, thriller set in the world of... Uh, Jazz drumming, yeah, right, yeah, that's yeah. a tradition. That's a Jewish tradition. It's you know, I'm only a quarter Jewish, so I, I'm, it's the, I missed out on a lot of the uh, the proper 
Probably. So no bar mitzvah, again. no... No bar mitzvah. How were you raised? My great-grandfather was... Or no, my grandfather. Is that Jennifer Lawrence? With, that is super <laughs> weird. Is that Bradley and Yeah, that's, Jen, a, that's, that's a combo uh, for the reference of those just listening to this. She looks... That is a combo of Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence morphed together. That is bizarre. Horrifying, right? You have a pretty flashy room here, Josh. Really? Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it's New York chic. It's yeah. <laughs> it's very modern. Yeah. So you like the yeah. white? Very white. It's great. It's a beautiful painting you did there. That's uh, Danny McBride did that painting of me. Oh, wow. He's a good artist. Did he paint it with his own... <laughs> penis? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Penis with literal shit. Oh, my God. Wait, uh, stay on target. We have to yes. talk about Judaism. Right, no. so my grandfather... Uh, my last name was originally Talitsky. Oh, wow. Okay. I, we were Russian Jews that came in. Yeah. And so, but my grandmother converted my grandfather to Catholicism. Okay. And then I was just raised, you know, just Christian. Got it. Seventh-day Adventist. Got it, got it. But yeah. Um, since uh, religion is maybe the smallest part of my life, I'm like the least Jewish Horowitz you'll ever meet. Right. Like no bar mitzvah, no Hebrew school, nothing. It's probably more fruitful to talk about movies with you. Yeah. Shouldn't well, we? You can talk about whatever you want, man. Really? I don't know the, I don't know the... The, You're not a big fan of Happy Second Confused the well, podcast. What's your podcast? That's the thing about podcasts. You can go off the walls, go right? Crazy, you can talk man. about anything. Go I'll just talk, talk to you about my abusive father and my <laughs> alcoholic mother. And I was no. I, I had four grandparents. Like too much. Too 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 many. Just too many. Really? How would you rank your grandparents? Because I couldn't love all of them enough. Right. <laughs> you know, and so I beat myself up about that. Oh. But yeah, so Whiplash is... Uh, How are you feeling, man? It's, it's a big it's day. cool, yeah, it's cool. Day after New York Film Festival, big premiere last yeah. night. Yeah, and first I, time at the New York Film Festival, too. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I talked to you first about this. I saw this first at Sundance, and right. honestly, it's such an awesome piece of work, man. Yeah. You and J.K. kill it. As this Damien is a director who, yeah. you know, a lot of people will not be familiar with his work until this, obviously, right. but um, he's clearly... That's why I signed on to his next movie. So I heard that. by the time people figure out this one, I've like... I've already locked him in. Yeah, no, totally. Because often you see, like, you'll see something that's just like an acting piece where it's like, okay, it's, it's a good vehicle for actors, and right. this is that, but right. this is a you can filmmaker. Tell. Yeah, you can tell, especially I think once people are finding out, you know, that we filmed it in 19 days, yeah. and that he had edited and everything in 10 weeks, I think, yeah. after that. And you just, you see his, he's just so confident, and there is, you know, for me it's that shot right in the beginning when Andrew's sitting there and uh, the other drummer, played by Austin Stoles, as at the... You know, doorway with his girlfriend, and he rubs her hand behind his hair, and Damien goes for this very cool artsy, like close up, and shh, right, and the sound of it, and then you feel like, okay, that's a pretty confident hand, yeah, you know, behind that, uh, behind that camera. So, what when you so you, it's a 19 day shoot, which is insane. So when yeah. you approach something like that versus, you know, you've done obviously Fantastic Four, I'm sure it was a much longer thing, diversion or longer shoots. Is it a different mindset where it's like, okay, from I have to hit the ground running, like the first yeah. morning, like there's not, there's no wiggle room here. I mean, I I enjoy it because you're 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 going the whole time, you know what I mean? And you do you do legitimately like two or three scenes a day. It's, it's right. not, you know, you'll do like a, I think on Whiplash we probably averaged, yeah, like six and a half pages a day. So you'll do a, you know, a four page scene, uh, you know, and then, you know, eight page scenes, eight page scene, you know, two pages and then something else. So you're right. really doing all these parts and they're all over the map. And, and yeah, it's nice. It's a different. It's a different muscle. Whereas you know, Fantastic Four, you get a lot more coverage, and that's nice because you get a lot more opportunity to kind of you know fill in a, a performance. You can do from a lot of different angles, or you can, you can really do. Uh, you you just get more time with it, right. which is nice. But a lot of the time, I think it's better when you're just pure instinct, and you don't have time to sit there and 
Did you just wink at me? Maybe. Did you guys catch that? No, no, no. We're oh, going to cut slow, that out. That was we're a gonna, slow wink. No, no, no. It was... It was <laughs> I got you. No, I was, it was a nod <laughs> with like a blink. Right. It was a, no, a blink sure, nod. Because yeah, people do that, right? <laughs> I feel like at this stage of my right. relationship, I should feel comfortable winking at you without you taking it to a weird place. Look, I just, I, it was for me to you. You didn't have to project for the cameras. I was just acknowledging that you winked at me. I Usually I'm the one that makes things weird. You're the one that, okay, thank you for returning it. You got to do the weird <laughs> smile afterwards. <laughs> Um, where were we? But yeah, so it's, it's just over. a different thing. And at the end of the day, man, like, I I have an appetite for both. Uh, yeah. If you want to literally live out of your car, then you can do independent films your whole life because right. you don't, you just don't, you know, make any money. And that's not even something, you know, hopefully that you're thinking about. Everybody shows up for, you know, for the love of, of that project. And right. I just think you go into every movie wanting to make, you know, the best possible version of it. So hopefully you, you pick something that... In the case of Whiplash, you just had had really you know high aspirations like that script. There's plenty of places in the movie where you can watch and just be like, "Ah, oh, this what, are you kidding me? I'm, I'm not." I clock out because this teacher is just so insane. He's throwing chairs. It's like, right. come on, man! But because you know J.K. is so good, and, and you know Damien writes a script that I think pushes as far as you can go while still you know maintaining its integrity and, and remaining grounded. Yeah. But yeah, it's a pretty. Yeah, it just has really high stakes. Do, do you feel, are you self-analytical to a point where like when you see this film, do you say this is the best work I've done? Or do no, you... no, I, I think it, no, but I do, you know, after I saw Whiplash, it kind of, what it, what it did for me, I was, I was like, I liked, you know, seeing kind of that grit and, you know, a little bit of that, uh, you know, I guess that drive and stuff, but it did, after that, I was like, I want to do some more you know, kind of like more masculine stuff and more, you know, kind of leading, you know, man stuff. Um, and so, yeah, so from Whiplash, I mean, I signed on for this, you know, this boxing movie. Right. Bleed for this. That's, you know, that's, you know, it's like a Whiplash kind of a way. It's, it's this really, you know, incredible true story, this underdog and this guy coming back from, you know, uh, an incredible injury that broke your vertebrae in his neck and he comes back a year later and is, you know, fighting for a world title. Right. And it's just insane. So I like, um, yeah, I kind of saw myself with that, and I was like, okay, that's cool. But yeah, I don't want to play like a young kid, you know, anymore. I, and sometimes you don't need to ask for permission. Sometimes you just need to say these are the kind of roles that right. I want to do. Well, because yeah, you kind of like it seems like you put in your time with some of the twenty-something kind of like comedies, right. and now thanks absolutely, to, I think so. Yeah, right. You know, maybe you know, but that was just growing up. I saw when I was in high school. It was like the girl next door was a big movie for me, and my buddies, and super bad. And so you want to make. At least for me, I wanted to make a rated R comedy that yeah. hopefully would, you know, kind of have that same same appeal. And and, and that's another thing I realized is, that, well, you know, it's just some movies don't do as well as, as you right. think they're going to do. But also I've realized is, like, as an actor, you have such little to do with the final product. There's such little control over the final product. Right. You know, it really needs to be in, in the, not that... It just, there's such a little bit is, is in your hands that so yeah. many people mess with it, especially when you're doing a studio film. I yeah. mean, even so many people have an opinion on, you know, the the character and even down to the clothes you're wearing and all this stuff. And and so, yeah, you, you I don't you, know. You, you mentioned the studio stuff. Can we can we talk about what happened the other day? Uh, did, you get, yeah. did you get a call from the, the studio after no, no, these No, I didn't get a call from the studio. I got a call from, you know, my agent. So then I, and I read it when it first kind of surfaced a long time ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, that, that doesn't sound, 
Like what you meant at the sound. Like what like I it. said, yeah, really what I said even. And, and so then, you so, know, it's so just, just for context, can I just like, so basically yeah. there was this article where you talk a little bit about um, t taking whiplash at a time when maybe, uh, and, and, and I can't remember the precise wording in the article, yeah, but it says. She says that I was, I, you know, I did divergent for business reasons. Right. And that divergent, or whiplash came at a time that I was dead inside. Right. And that's not it at all. I mean, I you're think, always dead inside. Yeah, that's the, yeah that's exactly. The that's the thing. I'm always <laughs> dead inside. And really, it's only through the good grace of, of Bud Light and, and cigarettes that I get going. A little life comes yeah. bubbling out. No, I mean, for, you know, for the for, what Lynn said, she was like, so she was interested in why I did Divergent a smaller part after you know taking on some of these bigger parts. Right. And I said, well, you know, it was a it was a combination of reasons. I, you know, they sold me on kind of playing this villain, uh, working with Shailene Woodley again, working with Neil Berger again, uh, great cast and producers, and yeah, it would give me an opportunity to play for an international audience. Totally, those were the business reasons that every actor you have to take into account because not, you know, it's not like you're getting every script that's going to be, you know, playing at festivals and getting you know standing ovations. Yeah. It's like everything's. You know, different, and and so those were the business reasons. But at the end of the day, if it wasn't, if Shailene wasn't in it, if the script wasn't like good, if I didn't see it as, you know, a, a worthy you know venture in my career, it also gave me an opportunity. The reason why I did it really, besides all that other stuff, is like give me a chance to get in shape, right? Because I had never played a character with any kind of physical, uh, really any kind of physical, you know, momentum or any kind of physical activity. Yeah. And so that was that was really why. And then, but the way she framed it made it sound like it did for money, which right. I've never. Uh, I'm very proud of my resume. I I've, can honestly say I've, I've steered my resume in a way that most young actors don't get a chance to do. Yeah. Most of the time, you're just working to work. Like I got buddies doing, you know, whatever venture they're doing. It, it's made for TV movie or all these different things where they wanted. Everybody wants to do shakes where you, you want to do these. You know, check off. You want to do just the great pieces, and it's hard to find. Yeah. So yeah, so she kind of framed it in a way, and then the dead inside. I was like, oh sh <laughs> shit, man. I was like, I was not dead inside. I was just burned you're tired. Out. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. The year before, I did four movies, and then uh, diverging. I did, you know, I did get a job, spectacular. Now, two nights stand, awkward moment. Awkward moment ended. Ended January. I was in Chicago at boot camp for Divergent in March, and that was a four month shoot. And I was yeah. just burned out, man. And that's the. Uh, and so that's, you know, really what it was. But, yeah, the way she framed it was like, um, you know, I did a move for money and then I was ungrateful and I was, right. you know, or at least that's the kind of some of the response I was getting from Divergent fans where they're like, I got this one tweet. It was so have funny. The, have like, the princesses abandoned you? They're like, fuck your face. Divergent's better than your life. And I was like. <laughs> Extreme. Oh, Maybe true. We don't know. It's favorite. <laughs> fuck my face. Another fan born. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, and then other people are like, oh, I love your candidness. I'm like, it's really, it's neither. Yeah. Like, it's just, it was, uh, you know, framed poorly. And Do you learn something that. from that? Because, I mean, in our many conversations, you are. I mean, one of the things I always enjoy talking to you is yeah. that you're, you're super candid. You just, yeah. it's not, there's no artifice. Well, and, and even, honestly, like, my, you know, right after that, my publicist released a statement because I was out of town. I was in, like, Hawaii for my dad's birthday, and just the way it stopped, she tried to plug it and, and basically just said, you know, I'm very sorry for my words and stuff. And I got so upset because I was like, don't, like, I own my words. I, yeah. I'm, I'm confident with the person that I am. I know that I'm a good person. I, I've never, you know, tried to censor myself. And I, and I know the reasons why I did the movie. I don't, I don't need to apologize for my words because I feel like those are not my words. Right. So, you know, but it's, no, I, I, and I do think that's something that people appreciate 
you know, about me, at least in interviews, is that they feel like it's a real person. Right. I am very candid, and I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't have any, like, ulterior motives or anything, yeah. and, you know. Well, that takes work to have yeah. ulterior motives all the time, to always be thinking on that level. It's like, why not just be in the moment and, like, right. trust that you are a smart enough guy that, like, you're saying intelligent things and right. whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, when it's, you know, when someone's transcribing it, yeah. you know, it's really in the journalist's hands to kind of maintain, at least if it's, maybe you did say something, but at least kind of, I think maintain the tone of it, or, right. or that, and, and so. That's why this is going out raw. This is just <laughs> yeah, this unedited is just miles. Right out there, I like that. <laughs> Vomit it all out. Right, I like um, that. We talked, we've talked so many times about Fantastic Four before it was happening, all the rumors that were going in. Yeah. Um, talk to me about like what the process was like before well, I told you, you the whole movie. No, you didn't. You're, 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 you're lying, you're lying. I told you the whole thing, Josh. <laughs> You were so drunk you don't remember it, but that's not that's my true. fault. I have it's a your viewer's fault. I have a they problem. You were so drunk that you cannot remember <laughs> the entire plot. All I remember is yeah. you're... you're no, look, I play the human torch. Uh, <laughs> you know, Michael B's in it, and... and that's all you remember at this Yeah, point. that's all I remember. <laughs> what was the audition process they like? They all blur together. The audition process, I... You know, I'd, I'd met... When I was filming that awkward moment with Mike, like he knew that he was playing the Human Torch at that point. Yeah. Him and Josh really bonded on Chronicle, and they, you know, came up with it. And yeah, I, I, th I think it's great. I mean, it's, a, it's a big, it is a big thing. Like you're you're changing the race of a character, and yeah. and it's like, yeah, why wouldn't he? You know, why couldn't the Human Torch be black? Right. Like it's all these characters were kind of spawned in this time that, you know, you know, the racism and the social awareness and everything was just so. Uh, like one-sided, right. you know, and, and very kind of tunnel vision. But, but uh, yeah, for this, I you know, I ended up meeting Josh, you know, like a year before and, you know, script kind of going through some stuff and, and just trying to figure it out. And then I, yeah, I just, you know, I tested for, for the role of Reed Richards. I think I'm the only person that, that, uh, that did. But absolutely, it took a lot of convincing. I yeah. mean, for me, with Reed Richards, I know Josh really had to, and Josh did for all the characters, man. For Jamie, uh, he really vouched for it. For Mike, he was like, this is my guy from the bat. And he was very specific on who he wanted to play these characters. Yeah. So, did, yeah, he kind of, I was his guy for it. Did you test with Kate? Uh, yes, I did, yeah. And, and were you, I mean, did he ask you for your input after those auditions, or was it all No, his, I yeah. mean, well, no, you know, and I wouldn't want... That on you? No, exactly. I, yeah, sometimes I'll mess with Kate, like, I watched your audition tape, too, and it was like... Very good, <laughs> subtle but big. You know, <laughs> it's like no, it, that makes the actors feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, other no, people totally. kind of watching work. And, and Josh actually was very. He would. He has this thing where he doesn't want the actors to. He doesn't want another actor to be at the monitor if you're watching like another actor's scene. Oh, interesting. He doesn't allow that. Make himself confident, which, conscious, yeah. which is fine. But you know, for me, I love. I just love. I love watching other people act. You know, that's yeah. that's what's nice about kind of being on set too. A lot of times, just seeing sure scenes that you're not in. Was it? I'm just curious because I'm obviously we can't talk details, but just like was it tough to keep that a grounded take? Like when you're playing someone known as Mr. Fantastic or someone's playing someone named Doctor Doom. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess you know what we tried to what we're trying to do with this movie is to really show. Uh, you know these as 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 people. You know, there's obviously everybody knows them, the stretchy guy and this and that, and they throw the suits on. But you know, hopefully you can kind of before that show the beings, person yeah. you know behind that. And, and so, and, and to me, there was really no difference of playing. And I'm terms I'm talking in terms of like the prep or how I felt shooting it between playing you know Andrew Neiman and Whiplash and playing Reed Richards because mm -hmm. it all feels. 
like um, you know, a, a scene is a scene, and and hopefully you, when you're playing this character, you're, you're in your head you're not like, oh, Mr. Fantastic, because <laughs> if I was like that, I'd be I'd just be talking like this. Is that the like, voice you're using? That's I'm amazing. Like, yo, Mr. Fantastic, <laughs> like what are you kidding me, friggin'? Yo, Sue Storm, oh, where are you? Check out my arms yeah. here. The stretchy. I'm like stretching like a crazy. <laughs> like, I look like a spaghetti. Come on, you know. So it's. No, but uh, but as soon as I got the role, yeah, I did get a uh, Mr. Fantastic, you know, chain that I <laughs> throw on and I drive a red Corvette. As you should. That, uh, and I make everybody call me Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> no, that's a, but that is Hopefully a, Toby doesn't make cool everybody thing. call him uh, Dr. Doom. I bet Toby would be into that. <laughs> no, Toby's, Toby? Toby's a very, I think he's, I think people are really going to dig what he did with it. He's just a, he's a yeah, good actor. He's amazing in that. Have you seen Dawn of the Planet of the Apes yet? I did see that, yeah. He's amazing in that. I mean, the apes are where it's at. Right? Yeah, the apes are it's very interesting. You need to get in, in on that ape action, man. That's the well, next thing. Well, him and Jamie Bell have the motion capture thing kind of locked up. Them and so Andy Serkis, like, the trio, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just not even... <laughs> don't bother. Yeah, it's that party's already full. <laughs> they don't need me. Let's go down memory lane for a second, Miles, because I did exhaustive I was research. Hoping we were you just, love memory lane. That's your favorite lane fav- to go down. It's my favorite. <laughs> Memory and Wisteria. <laughs> the um, the uh, the first um, IMDb thing I could find of you, and I found it on YouTube, is speaking. We spoke about Jeremy Renner when you walked in last uh, week's podcast guest. Oh, uh, the was unusuals. The unusuals. Yeah, he's yeah. he's you're a perp. You're, he's bringing you in. Yeah. Was that the first gig? First thing I ever did. Yeah, and I almost didn't do it because it was it was on spring break of my senior year of, of college, and I literally had already booked a house in Key West with my buddies. It was like a tradition for us, and I was talking to my manager, being like. Yeah, you know, but I already put a deposit down and like, you know, your it's my senior down. year, man. It's my senior year. And then after just a little convincing, uh, actually a lot of convincing on his part, I guess, I, I was just like, yeah, you're right. I, yeah, I have to do this. But that was awesome, man. It was Jeremy and, and uh, Amber Tamblyn, yeah, yeah. Harold Perrineau, Adam Goldberg. That show had a crazy, crazy cast. Crazy cast. <laughs> too many characters. Too many good actors, honestly, because for a 30-minute show, there's just not enough. Yeah. Not enough uh, real estate there. But for, yeah, but Jeremy, I will say... You know, uh, just super cool guy. And I used to ride the van home with him. And he, I remember asking him on set, I was just like, hey, you know, because I knew who he was from SWAT and yeah, sure. you know, different things. And I was just like, do you have anything else, you know, coming up? Or what do you got? And he said, yeah, I did this film, uh, it's The Hurt Locker. It's doing the festival circuit. We'll see what happens. Crazy. So even Jeremy Renner was on a canceled TV show in 2009. I know, right before. That it. fall, Hurt Locker picks up all that steam, wins, you know, Best Picture. And then Jeremy Renner's, you know, back-to-back Oscar nominations and crazy. born in Mission Impossible. It's like, see you later. It's, uh, I love actors like that. Like, I spoke to him and I spoke to, like, Fassbender recently. The guys that, like, come, like, out of, seemingly out of nowhere in, like, their early or mid-30s. And it's like, where, yeah. the, where the hell have they been? But that's the best time for an actor is your, is your 30s and really your 40s. I yeah. mean, I don't think Penn, like, won an Oscar or whatever. So he was, like, 42. So right. it's just, you know, the young guys, they're, you, you don't really, they're pretty disposable and people don't take them seriously. Right. You have to really kind of hang around for a while and right. and grow before they're going to, you know, do anything. You have to have a beard, which I'm already <laughs> screwed because I don't grow beards. Would you, you know you've never grown a beard? No, I can't grow a beard. I'm really? trying there's to grow a mustache. There's going on, yeah. There's a little something for, um, for Vinny Pazienza. That's yeah. like his, I mean, that was one of his trademarks was his stash. Right. So I have to, so the director, Ben Younger, is like, Grow it out for you know a little while and then we'll see. Right. This is six months growth right yeah, now. Yeah, this is. I started this on Rabbit Hole actually, so it's like it's about to kick into another gear. Yeah, though. I feel like oh, it's, it's really coming in strong. <laughs> People say something about No Shave November, so I'm thinking that's going to be a catalyst for this thing. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned, uh, so Rabbit Hole obviously is the first film and the, and the one yeah. that really propelled you. Yeah. What do you remember, I mean, Nicole, Aaron Eckhart, who's, who's also a very like intense I'm actor. I'm working with him on, uh, on Bleed for This. Oh, no he's kidding. Playing my, he's playing this guy, Kevin Rooney, who was Tyson's like, old Kevin, trainer. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Aaron's got to gain some weight for this part, which he's not too happy about. After he got ripped for that Frankenstein movie, he must be resentful about that. No comment. <laughs> what, yeah, what I don't know. All of a sudden, Giles in that too. I don't know. But, um, uh, but he's he's an intense. Don't bite performer. the hand that feeds you. <laughs> exactly. I've learned that in the last few days. No, I'm just kidding. The new models. But, uh, but no, what I remember about that movie is just uh, so. First of all, every, we didn't rehearse any of it. And yeah. I was not allowed on set if I was not filming because of just the nature of it. And Nicole and and Aaron and everybody was pretty much in character the whole time, more or less. And they were like, you know, the dressing rooms were the bedrooms in the house. And John Cameron Mitchell was like sleeping in the house overnight and had to be coddled at the end of the day because he was just, couldn't release all the emotion from the day. <laughs> wow. John's such a sense of, you know, awesome guy. But uh, what I remember about that movie is, you know, I do the first first day of filming and, and Nicole, you know, looks at me and she says, hey, you know, great first day of filming, Miles. And I was like, oh, you know, thanks. Bye, Nicole. And, you know, that was so cool. And then the next day I show up and it's in the morning and, I think they had already shot a scene, and, and I see Nicole, and I'm just like, uh, hey, hey, Nicole, good morning. And she just looks at me and, like, walked away. And I was like, oh, my God. Did that. I was like, I don't, I was talking to the producer. I was like, I don't know the etiquette. Can I not, do not talk to the actors when they're, you know, kind of preparing? I, I'm so I'm sorry. He's like, no, she's just, she's just kind of in, you know, in character. And, it, you know, it's fine. But I thought that I had, you know, kind of messed up. And then, other than that, the first day of filming, I remember... You know, I met Aaron Eckhart on action, and it's the scene where I come to give her the comic book. Right. And Aaron sees me in the house, and he's like, you know, you need to show some goddamn respect. What is that? It's a comic book. Why are you coming to my house? Come here. It's a fucking comic book. And uh, the director just told Aaron to, that it was my first film, and that I was very nervous and to, like, scare me. But I just remember, literally, I can still see, I'm standing there, and I'm looking at Aaron Eckhart, and I'm looking at Nicole Kidman in this scene and I'm just like <laughs> out of body experience you know, just looking little. at him and just and I'm like that's Harvey Dent and then Nicole <laughs> says something to me so I look at her and I was just looking and, and then I hear cut and I was like oh my god I'm so sorry I was not so you didn't say your liner or did you no I don't even know if there was a line but it was just I was so not in it yeah. and it's very hard I think it's impossible not to and that still happens man I'm gonna you know I just worked with Kate Winslet and yeah I feel like I have you know I feel like i I can at least be in the same room. Yeah. You have a seat you know, at the table, I've but done yeah, it, yeah. I can do a seat at the table, like way in the back, you know, and people are wondering why I'm there sometimes, but, uh, but you no, know, it's impossible to do movies with, with people that you've seen your whole life and yeah. to not have that, uh, to not see that, to not, to not just be able to see this, you know, this kind of celebrity, really. Yeah. So, Had, yeah, that was tough, and I thought I was blowing it, and I, I went upstairs and I literally gave myself like a pep talk. I was able to kind of remove myself from the anxiety and just be able to say, you know, like, you're here for a reason and, you know, you're, you're a trained actor and they all have to memorize their lines and, and right. do the scene work, so just, like, go down there and, and kind of trust your... Yeah, but yeah, I felt like I was thrown to the wolves because there was no rehearsal and no, right. none of the actors were talking to me. And That's an exceptionally unusual circumstance, rather yeah, clearly. Yeah, it was not like, you know, it was not like Project X, you right. know, where it's like, <laughs> you show up on set and it's a party and, what um sometimes they film <laughs> right what, what what type of actors do you tend to admire or look up to the most i mean in terms uh, of like the way they approach work or the the kind of careers that they craft yeah i mean i like uh i like actors that kind of bounce around between comedy and, and drama whether it's philip seymour hoffman or or tom hanks or 
um, you know, Dustin Hoffman, yeah. uh, Kate Winslet. Do you feel like the celebrity aspect of it? Because this is something like even in the couple years where I've been talking to you, Fastbenders, Fastbenders, man, I thought Prometheus, it. he was so, so good, awesome. Um, yeah, Penn. Yeah, Leo. Leo's a guy who, you know, when I was first kind of coming up, uh, I was like, that's a that's a career that I or not a career, but his choices is stuff that I like because he really challenged himself from from an early age. And when I was doing, you know, when I did. So he did Catch Me If You Can at age, I think, like, 27. And, right. And that's right around, you know, where I'm at. But uh, Are you setting kind of, like, markers for yourself? Like, are you goal-oriented a little bit? You know, I, it's not like at this age, you know, I need to do this. But I I did make a conscious effort to say, yeah, I, I kind of want more uh, leading man, more masculine, you know, stuff. Gosling, you know, it seemed like he kind of made that clear, yeah. clear choice, too, you know, because he was coming up with... You know, the smiley guy and, and all this stuff, and then, well, yeah, because you can get into the, like the, the wise ass friend if you're not if you're not too careful, right? And that's you know, and that's kind of for a while. That's you know, when I first started, you know, an awkward moment it played a you know supporting thing, and uh, but yeah, with Footloose, I you know played the part of Willard, which I played that part in high school. That was like my first right. my first play I ever did was Footloose. I played Willard, but yeah, you start to think, am I always only going to get the sides for the supporting character because right. I'm not. If I, if I had a dollar for every time I read, you know, not traditionally good looking, not conventionally good looking, I'm like, screw you, I have a hot girlfriend who disagrees with you, so. I'm Mr. Fantastic yeah, and I have a hot girlfriend. Mr. Fantastic, my girlfriend's smoking hot, can do 100 push-ups, it's like. What do you see the boxing you movie? Know, yeah. What do you see me in a spandex yeah. outfit? Right. So, you know, but it's, uh, you know, and also I just want to surprise people, like I don't think, you know, even when the director offered me, you know, to play Vinnie Pazienza, I. You know, I said yes, obviously, because I, I just knew how powerful a script it was and what a tremendous yeah. opportunity it is to play a boxer, with, especially with Scorsese, like, producing. It's just, you know, kind of a no-brainer. But at the time, I was like, has he seen me without my shirt on? Like, it's not pretty, man. <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, you, you know, that's, that's what it is. That's why I like doing you. As people are commenting on this project, it's like I've already yeah done, you know, this. they're like, Smile's going to be this fast-talking, smart whatever, and then... It's, Where do you see what I already? Yeah, got. it's like yeah. I've already you know done this stuff, and and at the end of the day, you do do it for yourself. Like there's if you, if you try and please, you know, people with with all your stuff, it's just not. Uh, you're always going to be frustrated because I don't know what other people want. I just know, right. you know what I want. Have you met Scorsese yet? And that's a burger. I haven't had a car <laughs> in nope. six months. The door is locked here. Uh, yeah, I did meet him. I met him at Wolf of Wall Street. He was kind of doing some rounds in L.A. And I met him at a. It was like an Armani party that was you know, for, for Martin Scorsese. And, and when I talked to him, he was literally talking to me like I was, whatever, the lead in a film that he was producing. Man, he, was t- he was like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of doing some stuff uh, this summer. But he's like, but um, yeah, when can we get together in August? Yeah, good, so we'll get together in August. And he was just, I was like, this is so awesome. So this guy cool. was like an incredible, whatever, it's Martin Scorsese. T- and he, we were just having a very um, present yeah. work conversation that, yeah, it was great. But that's the people, I guess, that make it people that are very, you know, humble and, and don't have any kind of an ego. Yeah. Well, he's the anomaly, too. Of like, because, you know, filmmakers don't tend to be that both prolific and just still accomplished. I mean, Wolf of Wall Street, everybody, a lot of people said this, but it, it felt like a 30-year-old with something to prove made that movie, not right, the right, guy right. in his 70s. It's crazy. Right. Um, how are you negotiating the whole, the whole celebrity aspect? I mean, I would think after, did Divergent feel like it changed things? <laughs> Divergent changed things... 
because teenage girls are terrifying in large numbers. <laughs> so, that, I mean, that's really, I guess, where my popularity reached anything other than, you know, I, I've done a couple of movies where it's like, yeah, if I'm at a bar, people want to buy me shots. Right. You know, and that's cool. That's a good I level like to, to be on. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I don't like to buy my shots. So that's, that's cool. Win-win. Yeah, exactly. I'm like a pretty girl for once. And <laughs> that was nice. And uh, no, but, it, you know, it, it did just kind of, you know, give this more... Uh, a bigger kind of awareness, and I absolutely can't go to shopping malls anymore because of, like I said, teenage girls are terrifying. And can't go to Hot Topic anymore. That's yeah, off the list. I know. Which where am I going to get my band T-shirts? <laughs> it's literally the only place you know, I can go. You can that stuff gives me kind of anxiety now. But you know, it's uh, for the for the most part though, I haven't had a movie that's because even that movie, it's like I'm glad I'm not Theo. I'm glad I didn't have Theo's part in that movie right. because that's a different. You know, that's a different kind of reaction. But, um, you know, at first, when I was starting out, I wanted to have, you know, because I was watching Shia come up, you know, when I was in when I was in college. And so I was like, oh, I just need to get, like, a coming-of-age film like Disturbia, and then some big director will see me, want to make me, like, freaking movie star, and then that's it. And I'm so glad that it didn't happen that way. I'm so glad I, I that every movie I've done, you know, hasn't done, like, extremely well to where each movie has kind of given me, you know, or, or has introduced me to like, you know, a slightly different demographic yeah. audience. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I can walk down the street. I'm not, you know, I haven't gone to that level yet. Maybe Fantastic Four kind of changes if that movie does some serious box office and, and, uh, and yeah, but I, I still want to be, I don't know. I, I don't feel, I don't feel different. And I always want to, I mean, Having a film at a film festival, that's my favorite part of this business. Yeah. I love doing something that you just care so much about and then, you know, you did it for no budget and, and then just seeing it I kind of take off. You want to see something get traction, that's exciting. Yeah. Right. Every time I'm nodding at you now, I'm self-conscious about trying not to wink. Well, it is possible to nod without I, winking, I have, Josh. I've been doing that most... You're just the kind of guy who throws it in there like it was it's a bonus. an accident. It's, yeah. It seemed like you deserved it. It is a bonus? It. Yeah. It is a bonus, right. <laughs> After right. Fantastic Four, you're going to get a lot of special winks. Oh, I'm sure I will. Have you been to Comic-Con? <laughs> Those dudes are excited. I, I see some, every t- once in a while, I see someone with a Fantastic Four shirt on. And I, you know, I want to say, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Richards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just yeah. to kind of, but then they'll start just blowing my mind with questions and right. trivia. And I don't know. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I did it for money, man. We're not going to take that out of context. Um, what's the next one with Damien that you're going to do? I'm Damien. I'm doing a, it's this film called La La Land, and it's a musical set in, in L.A., in, right. uh, in La La. And it's with Emma Watson, and it's a very cool, you know, it's a love story, but it, it just deals with, um, I don't know, I play a musician, I'm a pianist, and she's an actress, and it's one of these things where it's like you meet somebody, and you're in L.A., and you're surrounded, you think you're in the entertainment capital of the world and you're so close to making it and you meet somebody and you share that passion and you think you're in love and this the love of your life and you're going to make it together and then maybe that doesn't happen as it does with 99% of the people that move out to LA to try and, you right. know, to try and make it. And But it's, you know, it's a song, it's a mu- proper musical and they'll be singing and dancing and, and, and cool, you know, numbers. It'll be some classic jazz stuff but very, you know, modern and I'm sure because Damien's making it, it'll have like, a baby Fincher aspect to <laughs> right, it. Right, right, right. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, t- I tell people this, but it's it's true. If, if Damien were to tell me that he was doing a movie in March and, you know, he didn't have a script yet, he was still working on it, and but, uh, you know, would I do it? And I, w- I would say yes, because I just feel very, 
I feel very confident in in Damien's talent, man. The guy's yeah. just really it's somebody to bet on. And that's what you and yeah. you always look for that. You look at you know actors that kind of you know find a director that uh, really works well for him, whether it's you know Michael B with with Coogler or right or you know uh, Gosling with Derek. See in France. Yeah, yep. see in France. It's just I think it's nice, and yeah. why wouldn't you want to work with somebody that you have a you know familiarity with? Totally. Like why would I? Why do I just keep coming back to you, Josh? Because I'm home. I'm a comfort food. You are. I didn't want to put the words in your mouth, but that's. You're I feel like, like that. You're like my matzo ball soup. <laughs> matzo ball soup is, is not very tasty. Is this a dream? Where's <laughs> Ellen Page? The tiny little detail. That thing was so funny. Wasn't that great? You can check the fingerprints on top of the shelf. <laughs> can you see my arms could only reach. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Kate. Who knew? She's an yeah. undiscovered comedy star. Yeah, she's fun. Kate's just she's just a she's just a very cool girl. She actually just did a little comedy bit for me, and I was in LA. She's, I know she's game for insanity. Oh yeah. 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 Um, so talk to me. Okay. So oh, and so Emma in that too. That's crazy. Yeah. Have you met with her? Have you started uh, singing with her with some ballads Damien. with her? I was like hungover. I think I just <laughs> come back from Vegas or something, and she's you know so proper. Right. She's never had a drink in her no, life. Probably. She, no, she, <laughs> no, she went to college. She, <laughs> No, she was great, and you know I think we're both excited. I think we're both nervous because, you know, despite singing and, and doing it in the shower, and you know I've not done a musical doing since what in high the shower? school. Oh, oh, singing in the shower. Doing I, singing in the shower. <laughs> I've not. Insert wink there. Yeah, I haven't. You know, I haven't done a musical since high school. Yeah. Even though I in part of my college training, I did have to take jazz ballet tap, and I did have to to sing. It's that's a. That is a muscle, absolutely, that you have to, yeah. you know, practice and work on. But I'm excited to get back into piano because I've, I've always felt pretty comfortable at a piano. Yeah. But, yeah. It does seem like each of these roles, I mean, you're, I don't know if it's conscious or unconscious, like, yeah. it's like a, there's a skill set that you're, like, trying, like, whether it's changing your body or yeah. acquiring a skill for a time, like, that's part of the, the, yeah, the, the fun. I've, yeah, I've always been pretty diverse in that. I, you know, I played sports, but I was also in drama, and I also, you know, as my my dad describes it as, you know, because you know we're we're tellers, like we're the tellers, you know. So obviously, <laughs> so but he said a trademark of the teller is that you're pretty good at every bar game, but you're not great at any of them. <laughs> but you can you can handle yourself in all darts, ping pong, right. pool. And and yeah, I've just I've always had an interest for a lot of stuff, and you want to feel like you're good at, you you kind of want to be good at everything, and then you realize, oh, I'm never going to be as good at guitar as that guy right. or this and that. You kind of find the stuff that that keeps you occupied and, and that you enjoy doing. You just need to look good for 30 seconds in a take, and then and it. then that's it. That's it. It's permanent. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that really is like a, a great great thing because you can do one thing and. And then it's it's there it's there forever. So is there uh, is there a bar game that I should except for VHSs? Those are done. If you, did, if you <laughs> made a movie that's back. on VHS, sorry guys, nobody will ever see. <laughs> Fantastic Four is coming yeah. direct to VHS, I think, uh, which is a strange uh, move. It's by coming Fox. direct, it really just downloads right to your brain as soon as we <laughs> as soon as it comes out. What's video the, on demand and brain. <laughs> what's the bar game I should not then challenge you to? You ping say, pong. Oh, oh yeah, really? You're a ringer. Too, yeah. You know, I don't know, but then I meet some people that are like, oh, no, I'm really good at ping pong. And, and then you play them, and they are. So I'm, I'm, You go with ping pong, you don't call right. table tennis. Pool, uh, my buddy always used to beat me, and we used to play for, just go to this place called Manatee Lanes, obviously, because I'm from Florida, and right. I was from, lived in the Manatee capital of the world. And we used to always play for, like, uh, Taco Bell and maybe, like, a beer. I say this, I'm in high school, but it was like, <laughs> you know. And he, yeah, he always beat me in that. 
But ping pong, I'm I'm pretty good in. Okay. I'm actually really good in beer pong. I've I've heard of this game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it combines okay, your two that, great loves, ping pong yeah, and beer. Right, except there's no. It really has nothing to do, do with ping, ping pong, pong. Not really. Except for maybe you play on some old warped right. table that's right. Like, have you created a whole game center in the palatial teller estate that's I'm sure building up from the ground that they're erecting? My estate is with two buddies from high school. You're living with that, a couple friends. At any given time, there's. Probably a Pizza Hut box on the counter and sriracha in somewhere it shouldn't be, like your bathroom. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm not. I'm moving out. They might find out. And about you have this the girlfriend still. Out in February. Okay. Oh no. Yeah. No, it's, it's a the end good of an thing. era for yeah, you. Yeah, it's a good thing. It's like you it's, just need. It's your time. Own it's stop. time. <laughs> I'm man. I left. That's a sideways. <laughs> what a. New York versus L.A., you've spent time in both. Where do you yeah, come down? Yeah, you know, I love, when I first moved to L.A., I, I, I hated it because I was looking for the things in New York. I was looking for life and, you know, and tenacity and, and art and culture and all this stuff. And not that L.A. doesn't have that, but you have to really kind of find it. And it's a big city, and, and you don't see people walking around. You don't have that kind of instant, right. just human interaction, energy, and all that. And, uh, but what I love about L.A. now is that I do find it to be just so relaxing such a place uh, for like neutral and a great place to kind of recharge totally because it is you know everybody talks about the weather but yeah when it's 72 degrees outside and sunny every day it's like you know that's nice and and uh i'm traveling so much that i don't want to you know i don't know if i could come back to new york after you know just being somewhere traveling for so much and, and really unwind although right. i do you know ideally i would like to have a place on both coasts so we'll see if i can you know, figure it all out. Figure it all out. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're both. You know, every time I come back to New York, I'm like, oh. it's the best. Come it's on. the best city in the world. It really is. And I've only been to three other <laughs> cities, but New York is my favorite. Right. Tampa, <laughs> Toronto, and New York are in the top three. You no, know, always the four. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I just went to Europe for the first time. I've never even been to Europe. Paris for this Deauville Film Festival. We went to Paris first and. And I love Paris, but even I mean, I just New York. You can't, you yeah. can't beat it. Except for in the, except for in the winter, then you can. There's, it's very easy to beat it. It's not like <laughs> there's a caveat. Somebody like, oh, it's so pretty around Christmas time. That's what tourists say. Like, no, right. once you're, it depends on your walk. Like, yeah. I used to have to walk twenty. You know, it was like a twenty-minute walk to school every day, and it's just the wind. Once the wind starts whipping down, the extremes here are not good. The, the yeah. dog days of August and and the, the harshest days of winter. So right. Do you want to take a dip into the hat? Yeah, random question or two. They're random questions. One or two, and then I'll let you uh, work out for six hours or whatever you're doing today. Yeah, were you ever grounded in for what? Oh, My whole life. Uh, I was always getting in trouble, man. I, um, shit. I, What's the longest? What was the worst infraction? There was a couple, I mean, one, I would get, I would just always get caught for stuff. Like, I, I was always, I'd go drinking in high school and I'd just keep beer cans in my, or keep beer tabs in my pocket. So, like, obviously you were drinking, I'm like... Uh, yeah, but one year for Christmas, they were putting like a speaker system in my trunk of my car. And so they had to take my car to Best Buy to do it. And they opened the trunk and there's just like a ton of natural light boxes. So there was that. Also, stupidly, me and my buddies went, because somebody told us like, you can just dress up in a Little League uniform and, and go around asking for donations and people <laughs> pay you. So I typed up this letter saying, you know, we're from Lakanto, whatever, and we're accepting donations for this tournament, this, like, weightlifting tournament. 
and typed it up and signed it. We, me and my two buddies went door to door and made like 150 bucks. <laughs> and then I went to one door and the guy recognized me from baseball, knew it wasn't whatever season we were saying we were doing and uh, got in trouble for that because that's like, and then we had to go, or our parents made us go door to door and return them and tell us, and tell people we're sorry for, for stealing the worst. from them. That's the walk of shame. <laughs> uh, I was wondering why you were dressed like a little league baseball player right now and, right. and, and have your hand out. Right. Uh, well, dude, a lot, of, a lot of people work here. Uh, <laughs> there's some serious coin to be made. Okay. The teller and teller I just clan needs anything they can get. And I small shirts right now because I'm working on a, Accentuating you know, every curve. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or lack thereof because I've had to, since April, I've lost 20 pounds. Crazy, man. Yeah. What's the workout like? It's just a lot... So it's a lot, I mean, so much of it's diet, yeah. like, it really is. But, yeah, I'm down to, I think I'm at, like, 10% body fat and 100, and, you know, like, 68 pounds. And by the time the movie starts, I'll be down to, like, 165 and, you know, like, 6% body fat. Boxers. When you're in that, there's probably nothing else you're thinking of. You're oh, I'm thinking about that. a ton of stuff. I'm thinking about Taco Bell and, like, <laughs> a beach and all kinds of stuff, man. Like, I'll, but it is. I mean, to for an actor to even fake like a boxer, yeah. you have to be in such a regimen. It's like these guys, the work ethic of a professional fighter is unlike anything you've ever seen. Yeah. And it's, if I had that, if I wanted to do that, I would do that for like, I don't, I'm an actor. So I like to do it for a little bit and then check out. But this has been kind of since April that I've been, nice. you know, slowly starting to, to transform. Transform before our eyes, buddy. Uh, congratulations, honestly, cool. on, on Whiplash. It's one of my favorites of the year. And Thank you me. and JK are just fucking awesome in it. Thank you. Uh, good luck the rest of the way, and uh, I'll see you soon, buddy. Cool. Thanks, man. Awesome.